Hey everyone, welcome to Sir Inc.'s The Experience Podcast, where we talk about anything and everything kink. We only cater to adults 18 and above, so remember this podcast is not safe for work, or as we like to say, NSF. You can always listen to us during your private time. Hello and welcome kinky and kink curious folk out there. My name is Sir All, and guest here today, her name is Michelle Tegatofi. And Michelle has been in the round BDSM lifestyle for over 20 years as a submissive slash slave. She mentors and advises new people as well as writes educational books blog, and blogs and different subjects from a submissive standpoint of view. She shares her own life experience and insights in the hopes of inspiring others. And we plan to dig in on this uh, and really get into her journey in this podcast. She's also wrote uh, several books, one named BDSM Basics for Beginners, Unveiled, The Secret Submissive Within, and also BDSM Basics for Submissives. And I would suggest for all you newbies, that you at least try to get one of these beginning books, especially for submissives, get the submissive books for submissive and dominance. I'm definitely recommending the BDM basics for beginners because there's too many people going off of what they see in movies and just jumping in it. You guys know that's my passion about the reality versus what you see online. So without further ado, let's get into uh, talking to Michelle about her journey and give an insight to everybody. Hello, Michelle. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being on, thanks for being on. I appreciate you so much. And so uh, one of the things that uh, I loved about running across you, and I think I ran across you on Facebook first, and then I just started going all over the place, (laughs) seeing where you were, looking at your blog and looking at your writings, and I need to dig into your books, admittedly. But I just follow so much of your journey, the stuff that you write. You write so much and so beautifully. Um, I just suck it all up and I've shared it on different platforms that I have. But uh, just tell us a little bit more about you, um, your journey and how you got started. Well, I got started a long time ago. I'm uh, It's over 20 years I've been in and around the BDSM world. Mm. Um, you're around my age, so you'll probably remember Yahoo boards back yes. in the 90s. Wow. Yes, I started before that, but um, in real life, I started, I was trained as a Korean slave first. Uh, a friend of mine was in the Air Force, and uh, apparently he was testing me when he came over um to the house you know like go get me this go get me that go do this go do that and i would just do it automatically i never real i never knew i was a submissive um right. i just did it um so it went from there and i was trained as a Korean slave which you know Korean is 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 not really it's not a real thing it was uh stories from the 50s or 60s i think um mm-hmm. by norman and uh, a lot of people actually try to live that much harsher lifestyle. Um, right. So, for a couple of years, then I got out of it and I 
transitioned into online media, which back then it was just the Yahoo boards, which, you know, it's not anything like what we have now. But right. then I got back into it and got back reconnected with the actual BDSM and got trained as a submissive and a slave, which there is difference between how a Korean person or a Korean uh, master slave are versus how it is in BDSM. I won't get into that. I've written many blogs about it. But right. um, there, there's a big difference. So after... So many years, I started having people actually ask me for advice on how to do this, how to do that, what happens if you get angry, what happens as a submissive if you want to talk to your master or your dominant and you don't know how. Um, you know, things like that, What uh, protocols. So I became a mentor. Um, and uh, I've been with my... Padrone, which is Italian for master, mm -hmm. uh, now for going on eight and a half years. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, we, he encouraged me to to start the blog and to start writing books because I have all this knowledge and I was not really sharing it, but now I love it. Now that's that's funny because um, my first submissive, her name is Nikki, and she encouraged me to write and that's when I started my Facebook page uh, it was just for just writing like poetry and, and a little bit of experiences and it just blew up to be something that I never even seen coming but with that being said um, you mentioned what your master's name means in Italian can you tell me how did you get to that because <laughs> well some people what people may not know is that you're an American living abroad and so yeah. your experiences have taken you there. So how is that? Well, this is the funny part. We actually met on Facebook. Um, wow. Yes. He lived uh, here in Tuscany um, mm -hmm. in a, in a, not really, a, we live in a, not really, it's a mid-sized city outside of Florence, about 20 okay. minutes north of Florence. Mm -hmm. And then, um, or Firenze is how you say it in Italian. Um, okay. And then I was in California. So we met, started talking, and then after, oh, well, probably about a year, um, he decided, we decided that we wanted me to move here. So mm. he came to California, packed me up, and brought me here. Wow more behind that but i won't get into the the whole history behind that but right. that's the base and i have to say every day has been we've gotten a lot closer and i are not dark excuse me our dynamic has changed quite a bit since we first got together nice nice so let me ask you um from all your experiences from when you started to now and changing, you know, locations because you've gone from America to Italy. Um, as far as the BDSM and as far as the overview of sexuality, how is it? How is it different? They're a lot. Oh, in a lot of ways, they're a lot more open here. Mm -hmm. um, you would think uh, it's weird, but. 
they show women's breasts and men's breasts and uh, they do not genitalia or men's genitalia. They show butts and boobs all the time on regular TV mm. at like 8 o'clock mm. uh, at night. Um, just a regular TV show. You'll be watching just a regular show and then all of a sudden, boom, it's there. You're like, wow. Uh, but they're used to it. The, the body's a natural thing. But then you have the other side where we are in Italy and the Pope is here. So, right. you know, there's a lot of Catholic people that live here and very religious people. So, again, you have this whole other side, two extremes, basically. Right. Um, I'm very fortunate because I live very close to Florence. Mm-hmm. So Florence is a lot more open and it always has been because. Because of the art and the culture, a lot more friendly to um, LGBTQ community, that type of thing. Wow, nice. That's nice. That's nice. And it, that has to be. I, I often wondered if we were more like how Europe sees some of Europe sees sexuality, how that might change the attitude of the culture here, as far as how we view sex, because. To me, and I'm not going to go too far off the off the path, but to me in America, it's sort of like they advertise sex, but it's like, yes, 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 no, no, no. And there's like a yes, yes, yes. And then there's like a, a taboo thing going on. And I think that yeah. we I think that we see that more with the social media now, like with Facebook and Tumblr and uh, Instagram. A lot of the just what you would say is regular nudity, which is. You know, we're not talking about very trashy pornographic scenes. We're just talking about, you know, sexuality, looking at the human body. It just seems that they're just tightening up the screws. And I don't know if that's for corporate dollars. They always say, well, they're trying to make it more family oriented. But Italy can have the Pope and still have commercials or TV shows that shows nudity. And I just wonder why we cannot still advance our peace on the board in that way. And I think it would be healthier for the society to accept uh, sexuality and just human anatomy. And uh, it it doesn't have to be too aggressive. Yeah, I think think a big part of it is the, I don't want to get into religion here, but you have to. It's the white evangelical Christian conservative people. Um, It's Whoever can scream the loudest mm-hmm. right in America to me is because you have to understand I have been here for nine years, going on nine years now, mm-hmm. and I see how the rest of the world views the U.S. and it's way different. It was a big shock. Right. Um, I if the world, you know, if you're if you're halfway intelligent and you watch half, you know. Euro news or even world news every now and then, you you see that there's a lot of people unhappy with the U.S. But when you see the way the rest of the world views the U.S., especially with the the crackdowns on on sexuality, it, because here, like, okay, I have friends that are Italian. They've opened Italian BDSM pages. They've they're they have never gotten uh, put in like FB jail. Really? And they, yes, and they have followers from all over the world, but they've never got put in FB jail. I, uh, me myself, 
for some reason they know I guess because I had a uh, my my Facebook well one of the iterations because I've had to open multiple because I've been you know deleted so many times right. because mm-hmm. of what they say is violations of the terms of agreement or whatever mm-hmm. right terms of use yeah community standards which is complete exactly it's complete baloney because I never post anything nude I, right. I never post anybody instead. I never post anything um, that can be considered, um, which, and the other thing that, that worries me is the Me Too movement. I'm actually working on a new blog post, um, mm. how the Me Too movement is affecting BDSM, especially submissive women in BDSM. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, the Me Too movement is, there's several parts to it. There's the parts that I totally agree with women should not be harassed and sexually assaulted and subjected to, to stuff like that. But on the other side, these hardcore, I don't know, I don't know if you call them feminists or what you would call them that are bashing females that decide to be submissive or decide to live this lifestyle or like serving a male mm-hmm. um, or another female for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, they come at us and I've had, Many over the years come at me. Oh, you're you're doing the uh, sir. You're doing a disservice to women. You're giving women as a whole a bad name. You're setting us back fifty years because it's two thousand nine, nineteen fifty. You know this, but. It, right. To me, it's I think the Me Too movement is helping some people, but it's hurting a lot of others. True. Whether they realize True. it or not. It's funny you mention that because I actually wrote about that on my Facebook page. I put um, like a Me Too movement kind of thing up and I asked the question, is the Me Too movement helping or hurting the lifestyle? And I think that as as I do agree that the movement has some really good uh, points, I think sometimes what is considered abuse is is painted with a broad brush and of course you can easily pick bdsm to say that's just abuse and it's from people that really don't understand and and it makes it more of a reason why people such as yourself people such as as myself we feel it most important to teach people why they should be living a lifestyle a certain kind of way um, it's too many people jumping in and being abusers. Oh my goodness! Since Fifty Shades of Grey came out, for four years, everybody either became, "I'm a master," "I'm dominant," automatically. I mean, you're an 18 year old kid, and you don't even know what 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 sex is, or you're, "I'm a slave," and you're a 20-year-old female and you have no idea what BDSM or sex is or even submission. How can you call yourself a slave? This is the problem I have with a lot of the people that have come out. Um, thankfully, for for my followers, a lot of those people have dropped off. Um, what I call them the Fifty Shades wannabes. But, right. you know, you always have those people that are, are pretenders and fakes and Sometimes it's really hard to spot if you right. don't know what to look for. 
that's why right. I encourage everybody to do your research, no matter what you read, read stuff, just do your research first. And remember, before. right. And one of the most important things that we mentioned is safe, sane and consensual. Yes. Those, those are the like three key elements of BDSM is safe, sane and consensual and sane being the most important thing that I would like people to focus on, like, make sure that you have a partner that is especially submissive dealing with dominance. Like you have to understand the man or, 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 or femme dom. You have to understand them, understand exactly what place they're coming from. Cause some people are just abusers masked as I'm a dominant and this is what we do. Like, no, that's, that's not, that's not it. And like you had mentioned earlier, Dominance and submissives both serve each other. And that's something that people miss. They think a submissive only serves, and that's not the case. And this is more the reason why we need, you know, more people out here really putting out their experiences like you do and just giving people the real instead of this fantasy Christian gray stuff, which is cool to, you know, sell books and promote a movie and of course but with some books and and romance novels and movies it's sensationalized but it's it's concerning to me that most people and i realize this as i get older most people really don't know that they really can't separate fantasy from reality and they can't help but fall victim to some guy that kind of represents this Christian grayish kind of character or any other character that they find in any of these books. Um, yeah. They well, the, mm-hmm. uh-huh. the thing okay. I have, the biggest problem I have with the Christ, the whole Fifty Shades of Grey, actually, overall, the story wasn't bad, um, right. in my opinion. Um, overall, but I honestly don't, you can call the biggest part of it Real be any portion of it BDSM because he was abused as a child. Right. Um, the female uh, who was the friend of his mother took him as a 16 or 15 year old and trained him as a submissive. Right. You don't do that. That is that is child abuse. Right. I mean, Mike Mackay went to jail for that. Yes. I think he's sitting in jail right now. Hopefully. It, right, because he, he transported a, a underage female across state lines, right? Yes. And he, he even her seventeen herself. The man was in his fifties. Right. He knew better, but right. that wasn't the first time. That was his sex, sex second offense, actually. You know, it's sad because, um, and we don't really discuss him uh, a lot since you know his case came out and all that. Um, yeah. There's been kind of a, a a hush on his stuff, but he really has two really good books um, that I like. You know, when I, I I was introduced to the books, I liked them, I read them, I agreed with them, and to hear you know him to go this route was just very disappointing. Um, and it's and it's funny because just because the man himself is flawed, the information that he put in the books. Are very relevant. Um, it's just unfortunate that we have to, you know, tie it all in. Um, yeah, I agree with some of the stuff that he wrote. Now, the 
we differ in a lot of ways from okay. and I before. Um, he agrees with a lot of, he came, brought in a lot of what I call stupid titles, like Prince's uh, Submissive or right. uh, what was it? Prince's Alpha something. Right. I don't remember exactly what it was. He had a book called this and that, no, it, you're either a submissive, so, a slave, a dominant, right. Or a master or mistress. Right. right. Depending on your male or female. It, right. You or switch. Because right. if you if you to me, okay, you can call yourself I'm a unicorn donkey con sprinkleberry or whatever. I know that sounds stupid, but you know you get what I'm <laughs> I know exactly what you're saying. You can get you can call yourself whatever you want to that doesn't mean it's true. Right. I'm I'm old school and I'm I'm hardcore old school. Yeah, there are some things that there are a lot of things actually that over the years I've adapted to, like online BDSM. To me, online BDSM is a very real thing. But mm -hmm. a lot of the practitioners of BDSM who live the lifestyle in real life only don't believe in the online community. They right. think it's all a fancy world. Right. Um, but the thing I have a problem with are, are people who want to call that you can call yourself whatever you want to, but you're just still a submissive or you're still just a slave. Um, the Then you have all these people who, another pet peeve of mine are the, the female say, oh, well, in reality, most dominants do not like brats at all. That's not true. You don't think that's true? No, I don't think that's true. I I, I think brats are very challenging. Uh, and it depends on how extreme the brat is. Uh, but, you know, I I don't think, uh, I, I just think that brats are very challenging. And of course, because they're challenging, uh, some guys want it easy. I, I just have to say that as a man, and once you get to a certain point, you're like, you just want things to be kind of like smooth sailing and brats don't seem to take a day off. So it could be exhausting, but brats to me sometimes can be the most, can be a very interesting submissive. Um, but but if, if you're a submissive, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm looking at this from a submissive standpoint, from my standpoint. Right. Okay. If I, if in my past dominance or masters i've had both um mm. if you if i were to willfully piss them off continuously mm. doing things not doing a task they told me mm -hmm. wearing stuff i'm not i shouldn't mm. not wearing my collar if i'm supposed to wear it. i mean doing things on, on purpose to aggravate them or piss them off to me right. that is not a submission i mean if you're like now, me and my padroni joke all the time. I mess with him, and he messes with me. We have a very relaxed and beautiful dynamic. Mm -hmm. But I do not do things willfully to stress him, piss him off, because as a submissive, I don't want him in that state of mind. Right. Now, I'm a person. I can think for myself. I'm an mm -hmm. adult. I can think for myself. I have my mm -hmm. own opinions. Right. His and I, my opinion don't always line up but that right. doesn't mean I'm going to do stuff to to make his life harder as right. a submissive or as his slave because I'm actually his slave mm -hmm. um 
I want to make his life easier. And right. a brat to me, there's a difference between a challenging submissive who mm-hmm. you have to earn her submission because mm-hmm. she's been through some stuff mm-hmm. and she's not going to give you her submission just because you want it. You have to earn it. There's a difference between that and somebody who makes your life hell every day. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I agree. And that's what I was saying. What degree of brat it is, right? Um, like I, I have a submissive and I would say she's a little bratty. And what I mean by that is she's very cool. She makes my life easier every day. I mean, she does things. It's, you know, she does things that absolutely give me comfort, help me to be able to do what I do, so on and so forth. But there are times when yeah. she wants where she wants my attention, right? And she talks a lot. So she's just going to talk when I might be trying to do something or, uh, <laughs> right? Or she just wants my attention in that moment. But she doesn't intentionally do things that piss me off. But so when I say different degrees of brat, that's kind of what I mean. Um, she can be bratty when it comes to wanting my attention, wanting my affection, but not on the rebellious, I'm just going to go against the grain just to piss you off, just to challenge you. Now, I agree with you 100%. That is not really a brat. That's someone that's what they say, topping from the bottom. And yeah. as a true dominant, I wouldn't stand for that. And I yeah. really, I really encourage those types to just go get a submissive dude. That's really what you want, right? You want to do that can switch. You want to do that can be a guy, but you can kind of tell them what to do or you can push their buttons. You know, they want that kind of guy. But a lot of those brats will get abusers because yes. an abuser with a limited mindset, with a limited mind capacity to try to control this person with their mind is going to go to the physical. And that's when. Yes. Now, you're, now to me, if a submissive is wanting attention, I don't think I just I don't think they're a brat. I think they're they're just needy because well, like me, there are times where my padrone will be online because he's always on the computer doing things. He's always doing uh, research and and trying to take classes for for all these different things, not just BDSM. He has certificates and all these computer things, um, but. You know, and then and I'll just mess with him and poke him and play with his ears or, you know, mess with him in little goofy ways until he says, ah, fine. OK, baby. This is my Italian accent. OK, baby, come here. I will snuggle for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and so I have a really bad Italian accent. So, you know, he'll give me, you know, the little five minutes of attention. That, that I need snuggle with me and then I'm okay fine and I do to me that's not being a brat that's being needy right that's it, to me uh, I guess it depends on how you define brat and right. I think everybody has a different definition of it yes I think there's different degrees of it um but you're right um maybe being needy in moments and and bratty is two different things me i me personally i couldn't really deal with anyone that would intentionally do things uh i i just couldn't intentionally go against intentionally go against the grain as two as human beings trying to get along with one another on a regular basis yes. it's hard it's hard enough 
I don't need anyone self-sabotaging anything. That's just counterproductive to where I'm trying to go. And I really, the type of person I am and the type of life that I live business-wise and other, it's just too busy for anyone that's not really going to be aligned with where I'm trying to go. I can't have self-sabotage. I was, I was married to a person who was a self-sabotager, and I just can't. I, I've learned that lesson in my in my uh, in my early thirties. I can't I can't keep going there. I completely understand that. But let me ask you. Um, so while we're on the subject of different types of submissives, what in your journey? What would you say? I know you said you're a slave, but what other type forms of submissive do you like? Um, do you like the um, what do you think about the baby girl? Um, or, um, it's so, it's, it's, you know, I'm sorry. There's so, people have come up with so many different variations of submissive is just burning my brain. <laughs> like people, people will message my page and be like, have you ever heard of that? I'm like, no, I've never heard of that. Like people just, like you said, they're claiming all these different variations. But anyway, what would you, and in, and in your, in, in your not only in your own personal life, but the people that you talk to, people that you've mentored, what would you say is the the thing about submissives? I guess that they all have in common. Uh, the thing, the the one or two ingredients that we all have in common as a submissive, as a slave, as a baby girl, is our desire to serve that one dominant person, be it a master, a daddy dom, or whatever you wanna call them, that one dominant person, uh, or dominant female even, if you're a male submissive, um, we all want to serve that one person that, that makes us feel complete. Um, we all wanna feel that protection, that uh, the happiness that we get from just serving at that the one person that, uh, when you do something for them, you give them a cup of coffee, they say, thank you, good girl. Um, or you do something unexpected, you anticipate their needs and it makes them happy. It, right. it just gives you, it gives me um, this this feeling. It's almost indescribable. It's just like a, a, complete, a completeness. Does that right. make sense? Yeah. Yes, that makes sense. That makes I sense. Would, that's, the, that's the thing that I would say every true submissive slave um type of thing if you hear barking i have three chihuahuas so sorry about that. <laughs> three of them yeah um one of them was barking for some reason i don't know why so anyway um i would think that's the that's the thing that we're all having common is that the the willingness the desire to serve because if you are submissive, you're you want someone to to serve and to protect you, and you know mostly as a submissive. Now there you have to you you know this. There are people who are just into the S and M part that right. they're they're masochists, but they're not really submissive. So, That's right. a whole another thing. Just talking from a submissive standpoint is right. is what I meant by the the wanting someone to right. wanting to serve someone. Right. Um, but I mean, we could go off and do a whole hour on just masochism and, and sadism. You know, sadism, yeah. 
So it's funny that you said that because on one of my my podcasts, when I talk about my second podcast, I talk about my first submissive and and one fully close friend named Nikki. And when she introduced me to BDSM, she introduced me. And when she first introduced me, oh, you know, I know whips and chains. Okay, we get into some, you know, some freaky stuff. And she's like, no, 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 no. And then she started giving me information about the roles. And I realized, I, I quickly realized, wow, I didn't, you know, I realized, one, why she introduced me to it. Two, where I would fall in far as being a dominant. Mm-hmm. And... Three, it was like, wow, a whole new world and a whole new uh, 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 aspect of myself that I would further go into. And sometimes yeah. I don't even like saying oh, I'm a dominant guy. I mean, really, it's just, it's kind of traditional men that, and, and people don't understand, it takes a lot for a man to, let's just say, be a dominant and care for another person because it's really any is really a connection and then you have to nurture that person that person serves serves you you serve them too but to even do the snm part to put together a session takes mental energy it takes creativeness and it takes care because you have to go through this whole thing push some limits and then afterwards you have to care for this person and that's not a and, and that part isn't you know, discussed enough, but that's the way she introduced it to me. And then I, it resonated with me. And then she encouraged me to write because I'm, I like to write poetry and about life and stuff. And then she encouraged me and it just, it just grew and I just yeah. really flourished in it. But even to this day, some of the, some of the strongest men that I've met who are very great guys, dominant, care about the women. I, I know one guy named James, who's in a polyamorous relationship with, three different women, they all have kids, they live together. I know another great guy named Mark who has just one submissive. He was a poly, he's poly for a minute, but he has one submissive. And these guys are just just great guys. They have great fundamental thought processes and they care. Even a guy that has three women, he's like very, and he's a young guy, he's in his late twenties and he's very, he's very structured about how they go about the whole family, everybody being treated equal, the kids being cared for by everybody. It's really a loving situation. That's and cool. That's very cool. And for him to be the age he is, I just really appreciate him uh, and his perspective because we he comes to the page and he comes to the group and he gives his perspective. And it's just really refreshing to see a man be that way and to be able to to be to be able to hold down three different women. Uh, and he had two just for a while, for a while, and then he added a third on. But it's just but like out, a guy mm-hmm. to have him out in the open like that. Yes, it, it gives me hope for the younger generation because honestly, I have to say, a lot of the stuff that I've seen in the past three, two, three years online from these young people that are coming up, and when I say young people, I'm talking in between twenty to thirty year olds. Right. It worries me because a lot of them are changing, trying to change what the actual core meaning and core values of the BDSM tradition are. Absolutely. I mean, and then you have people who, 
you're calling yourself a dominant, but you don't even have you living with your mama. Right. How right. can you be dominant if you don't even have your yourself together? You cannot be considered a man exactly. until you can take until you can take care of someone other than yourself. Exactly. And if you can't take, in my opinion, as a dominant, you or a submissive, you have to have your stuff together. Right. I, I was going to use a bad word, but I didn't. You have to have your stuff together before you can take care of your partner. Like Absolutely. You Absolutely. If, and I, yeah, yeah, everybody's got problems. They're going to always be issues. I mean, right. I suffer from epilepsy. And right. it's, it, you know, I never know it's a pain in the butt. That's why this took longer to get together because right. I've been off and on all week uh, suffering from different, I have nine different versions of seizures mm. um, and then I have all this stuff that that can happen between either sleeping a, a lot or not sleeping for two or three days uh, I got all kind of problems that come with it but anyway so right. he accepted me with this but but I had my life together he right. had his life together and so if if you're living with your mama mm-hmm. <laughs> If you're mm-hmm. looking for a, a woman to dominate, but then right. to pay your way in life, you are not a dominant. No, you're, you're not. Person. And yes. that, have you noticed the people on your page? I've got a lot of followers and new people who've gotten into relationships. And then they say, oh, Michelle, can you help me? I sent my dominant. We've been in, we've been in a relationship for like, I don't know, three weeks. Mm-hmm. And he asked me to pay his rent because he hasn't been able to find a job for six months. Wow. And I've oh, I've gotten worse, much worse stuff than that. That's just an example of one. And yes. my thing is, why did you burden yourself with this person in a relationship if they have not had a job in six months? Right. Why can't you go to the local 7-Eleven and get a job? Go get a job as a janitor. Go to a factory. There are some. There, there's something that you can do to pay money legally to get mm-hmm. paid to do something. It's I mean, fun- you're completely disabled and you can't. That's right. different. It's funny that you said that because I had this one young lady, and this is really why I called the podcast uh, the experience because. I've learned so much from other people's experiences as well. I was talking to this one young lady. She comes to the page and she's talking about her dominant is her husband. And she has, I think, one or two kids by her. And she's asking questions and I'm just answering questions. And then she and then I said, oh, you know, so she's telling me about these sessions that they do. I said, oh, those are some really nice sessions. Um, but what do y'all do for aftercare? And she was like, what's that? I was like, what do you mean, what's that? Like, what does he do for you after these sessions? You know, he's, yeah. using, he's using a whip and all that. And I'm like, well, is he, is he like applying any, like, um, is he preparing a bath for you? Is he giving you a massage? Is he using ointment on your, on your bruises? Or, and she was like, no, I, I never even heard of it. Oh, and, wow. And that was concerning for me. And I was like, wow. And she told him that she he he she had mentioned to him that she was talking to me. And he was fine with that until 
he found out that I was telling her things that he just wasn't doing. And that wasn't my purpose. It just happened like that. I mean, you know, you hear somebody have a session, I like to know, but what did the guy do for aftercare? What did the dom do for aftercare? And when I heard that there was no aftercare, I didn't tell her that was abuse. But after a while of her talking to me and just hearing different things that I was telling her from other people's experiences or my experiences, she understood that she was in an abusive relationship. And it was abusive. Let me just say that. Oh, yeah. That's completely abusive. That was her emotional state. But she was messed up. She is messed up. And she's with an abuser, and then they go into that kind of thing. And I was like, baby, he's not really a dom. He's just a sadist. You know, flat, flat out, he's not a don. He's just a sadist, and he has an axe to grind with women. That's the only reason why I can see a man treat his woman or any woman the way he treated her. It was truly sad. But this is why, as you said, we need to have more information out here because the new people are coming in and just running off their own stuff, which has nothing to do with what's right. And there is a certain order that never goes away in relationships whether they're BDSM or, or, you know, poly. I mean, there's just certain things that men have to do to sustain a relationship. And being caring, really, truly caring for another person is just number one. And I don't get how, as you said, these women get, these submissives get involved with someone. They're like, oh, in three weeks, I sent them a bunch of nudes and I paid a bill and we had sex and I don't hear from no more. He dumped me. And I'm like, wow, you just you got to take your time to develop a relationship with these people. You can't just rush in. Take your time to get to know the man. That's what I tell people. But well, it, it goes the opposite way, too. I've had several men um, who are submissive send me uh, messages asking if I can help them find a real dominant uh, film dom, dome, dominatrix, whatever you want to call them, right. um, because they go. Every time they approach someone or someone approaches them to start a conversation, the first thing they say is, you have to send me something on my wish list for me Mm. to even talk to you. Mm. So you have to buy me something or pay me to talk to you, essentially. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, there are females like that, but there are, that's what they do for a living. I said, if you're looking for a serious, and this is what I've had to teach many uh, male submissives, you you would be surprised that they don't understand talk to before right. you become a dominant, if you're looking for a dominant. Um, and that, it, it's something, how all, there's, most of them end up being these 20, 21, 22 year old girls who know nothing right. about a, a real femme dom. They, they absolutely do, no doodly squat. They buy some lingerie or they try to make themselves look like a, the dominant pictures of dom, of a dominatrix they see online mm-hmm. and then uh, and tell, tell guys on video or whatever, lick my boots, send me this right. and I'll send you a picture of my foot or something, you know, whatever. And people, it's amazing how much money they make on poor, unsuspecting and un, unknowledgeable people. 
I tell you what, I, I've dealt with some cuckoo birds that I wish I could build them for <laughs> for the interactions I had with them. But uh, no, I think that's horrible. Uh, but there's, you know, there's just people out here just ready to take advantage of people in every way. Uh, oh. And and that's where people have to get the information first. That's what we talk about, people. You have to get that information first, learn from other people's experiences, put down the love, romance, novels, and all that, and deal with a little bit of reality and what your reality is. But even before that, find out what kind of submissive you are, as you said. Find out yes. do you like do you like serving? Because if you're not a if you're not a server, then really you might just be a kinkster. And yep. that's what people have to understand. But they like the titles of, oh, I'm a submissive, oh, I'm a dominant. No, you you might just be a kinkster. And that's and that's okay too. Exactly. And it and screw the titles. It, you can call yourself, you know, I'm a teletubby. Right. <laughs> you want be, I'm a pink teletubby. And right. whatever. Screw the titles. It's it's the the role. What are you? And most people, 99.999% of the people will cross over into different roles, into different things. Um, Not everyone fits one category. You know, there's different categories of submission, just like there's different categories of dom. You have a softer dominant. You have dominants that don't like sex. They just Mm -hmm. like to dominate uh, Mm -hmm. with command. You have dominants that be served. You like doms who want to fall in love, then you got doms who want nothing to do uh, with love, and they just do it for sex. I mean, right. same with the submissive. They're all both sides of the coin fall into all these different categories. Categories, so, sure. So what I tell everybody is, before you get into something, and you're over your head, you know, your head's going underwater, so to speak. Right. Go do your research of the basics first. Get as much information as you can. Do a a limits list. I have a free limits list out there that's in many different forms. You can download it. Um, it's very extensive. Um, I'll send you the the link so you can include it if you want. Great. It's free for everybody, anybody to download because. I didn't find one that was good enough and extensive enough and, and had everything that I think it should have in it. Um, so I put it out there for free because I think it's a safety thing. Yes. Um, because there are so many people who start out online or on the internet as as they meet somebody a week later, they're in a dynamic. No. Absolutely. Nope, nope, I, nope. That happens all the time. Exactly. You're not in a dynamic. You're just playing. You're yes. you're playing fantasy land. Yes. And before you do anything, send them your your limits list. Have them send you a limits list right. and and combine them and just negotiate. So what? now so uh-huh. now you're at so so what you're asking people is to do some work. Yes. Don't <laughs> If you're lazy, you're gonna get hurt. But I, but but Michelle, I'd rather just tell her what to do. She should do it because I'm a dom. Well, you're not a dom. You're an abuser. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Exactly. That was quite an experience, wasn't it? 
Tune in again for a fresh release of Sir Inc.'s The Experience Podcast.